Hello and welcome to episode 30 of Chicago Business Podcast, where we introduce leading executives in the area and learn how innovation is changing their industries. I am your host, Drew Sikula, and today we welcome Dr. Margot Jacot, founder, director, and chief care officer of the Juniper Center, one of the largest counseling and therapy practices serving Chicagoland and all of Illinois with teletherapy. Hello, Margot. Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Drew. How are you? Thanks I, for having me. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Very well. So uh, <clears throat> let's, uh, let's go ahead and jump right into our beverage of the day with the Hi. icebreaker. So why don't you tell us what we have today? Yeah, we have <clears throat> my favorite concoction from Starbucks. And I thought, you know, this is kind of an interesting personality test. What do people <laughs> order in the morning? I love the snake bite that you had on. And so, you know, Noreen talked about some tea and I'm just a Starbucks gal. So it's a, it's a grande iced Americano. I like it decaf, two pumps of mocha, light cream and a Splenda. So, you know, it's kind of, it sounds kind of like a high maintenance drink, but I like things to be, if I can make them the way I want them, I love it. Why not? Why not? It sounded interesting. So I, I matched you as I usually do. Not exactly, not to the T because I'm not a cream person. And I must admit 10 in the morning, I'm still on the caffeine. So and you know what? All good. We need to have it the way we need it, right? That's Cheers. right. Cheers. Very good. So, uh, yeah, Deanna had reached out and thought thought you'd be a great guest with, uh, you know, obviously mental health has been uh, a huge part of everybody's lives here over the last year. And people who didn't uh, think they even had issues, I think yeah, everybody had some issues, right? So right? As, as we enter May and Mental Health Awareness uh, Month, uh, thought, thought it'd be great to have you on. So, well, maybe you can. Uh, we could start with uh, you sharing a little bit of your uh, professional uh, credentials and, uh, and a brief overview of your business. Yeah, of course. So I'm a licensed clinical psychologist, and uh, I also am a certified addictions counselor and a board certified expert in traumatic stress. So that gives you a little bit of an idea of some of the areas of clinical focus. I've worked a lot with addictions over the years, and there's a huge tie-in with trauma. And when we think about trauma, you know, we think about things like, you know, a major accident or, or something huge, but it's also things that people don't think of. They're called little t traumas. It could be growing up in a home where there's a lot of fighting. It can be um, living in a world where you feel like you don't fit in all the time, where you get bullied. So there are lots of ways to think about trauma and it's not so much the event, it's really the impact of the event. And for a lot of us, it's a sense of having a, a, an environment where there's chronic stress. So we can sure think of COVID as being an environment where for the past, you know, I don't know, 13 months, we've been in a state of pretty chronic stress. So that's part of what has been interesting for me and really important over the course of my career is trying to help people through those times in their life. So I started out just as me, um, you know, as I think a lot of therapists do, and it's, it's kind of, uh, I'm, I've go into business environments and people always kind of cock their heads to the side and say, really a therapy practice is a business that a, that sounds distasteful and B, you know, like, how does that work? Um, 
but in order for something to grow and thrive, any institution, any business, you, you have to be able to think of the business side of it. So our business is to help people live their best lives. And we do that by helping them get through whatever it is that's getting in the way of that. So it started out just as me. I grew up here in Chicago. I've lived in the Chicago area my whole life. I love it here. Uh, I've had opportunities to move and I haven't done it because I think Chicago is a great town. Um, I ended up landing my business in Park Ridge about 10 minutes from O'Hare. And I did that because when I was leaving a group practice I worked in originally and going out on my own, uh, I wanted to find a place where I could be in the suburbs because I've always served the LGBTQ community and there was nothing out in that area when I was first cutting out on my own. So I landed in Park Ridge and we're just near two major highways and people can get to us from anywhere. So. That's how I essentially started and the growth just happened. I was busy and again, that the LGBTQ community was just a part of what we do. We also over the years have grown and serve, you know, all the things you would think of, anxiety, depression, marriage issues. Um, we have a team of people who work with just kids and adolescents. So we now have a team of 45 therapists. We have five locations. Um, and now we are doing telehealth throughout the state of Illinois. So it's been a fun ride. Yeah, that sound, sounds like it. it's a, really a, a different background than what uh, we normally have, have on here in terms of the types of uh, businesses. And that's and also considering your background, it's, uh, you know, it's quite the formidable practice that you've built up there. So I was well, do, doing a little homework and I see that you... Uh, uh, some of that is attributable to the Goldman Sachs uh, small business program you went through. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what you learned there? Oh, my gosh. That was, you know, I hate to use uh, cliches, but it was life changing. It certainly was business changing. Um, so prior to that, there were we had six or seven therapists, one office and one administrative assistant. And I went through the program. One of the things they talked me into, because, you know, therapy, therapy practices tend to be fee-for-service businesses. There's, that's it. You can only work, you trade an hour for money. And there's only so many hours in the day. It's not like I can make more hours or, you know, grow more therapists or manufacture them. So it, there are limitations to how this can work. One of the things that they convinced me to do was hire more administrative staff to have somebody to answer the phone. Like that was the simple, really simple fix to a problem that I was having, which was that people would call and they would call three or four people. Whoever gets the call first and returns it would get the business. So I hired somebody else. They taught me how to read uh, profit and loss, how to run my business by the numbers, how to do negotiations. The program was phenomenal. And we went from where we were when we started that program in 2014 to tripling our business within five years. So uh, just a huge shout out to 10,000 small businesses in Goldman Sachs. It, it made a huge difference in our business. That's great. That's great. And it seems like you've been able to continue that, uh, that growth trajectory even beyond that uh, 
with uh, COVID, you really have transformed your business here. So maybe you can talk a little bit about uh, how that has changed and the growth you've seen over the last uh, 13 or 14 months. Well, I have to tell you, Drew, telehealth has been on the horizon for a little while, and I was a huge resistor. Just hated the idea. I thought, oh my gosh, how much are we going to miss in terms of the body language, seeing somebody in a little box? It sounded like a horrible idea. And lo and behold, it was either switch over to telehealth or shut our doors, uh, which sounded like a really bad idea for everybody. <laughs> so in one weekend, I left the office on Thursday for the two-week shutdown we were told we were going to have. And uh, took the whole practice online. So we had at that point, 35 therapists. We changed our entire practice over in the course of a weekend, got everybody up and running on telehealth, gave them a little bit of training, got all of our systems converted. So we talk about innovation and now I am a huge proponent, uh, including supporting legislation in the state of Illinois in order to get telehealth parity, which means we get paid the same as we would as if we were in the office and the telehealth will be offered far and wide. So that for us has been, been huge and the access that people have. So of course, lots of people have been struggling with mental health problems and issues during COVID for obvious reasons. I don't need to tell anybody that it's, you know, it's apparent. So part of the reason that I think telehealth has really exploded is because people have been struggling, but also it's just so much easier to do whatever you're doing in your life, pause for one hour instead of two hours. You don't have to get a babysitter. You don't have to worry about traffic or parking or being late. It's just so much easier. So I think the access has been huge for people. It just makes it doable for people where it wasn't doable before. So the telehealth piece now I have found the quality can be just as good if the model remains the same. There are a lot of large telehealth companies where it's texting, um, which I think is, it's do, that's doing a bit more coaching and that's fabulous. I'm glad that's available, but that's not really therapy. Therapy and coaching are different. So part of the reason we got into doing telehealth is that I figured out that we can offer telehealth in a really good positive, high quality way. We have a great infrastructure within our practice to be able to support that. And then people are doing what they're really coming for, which is therapy, not just coaching. Right. Are you finding that, uh, are your patients, uh, generally long-term patients, or are you picking up a lot of, uh, new cases as well over the last year? We have picked up a ton of new cases. So we we all had our caseloads going into this and those have remained fairly consistent. There were a few folks who dropped off in the beginning because they didn't want to do teletherapy. They have mostly migrated back, but I have been hiring, as have a lot of therapists, I have to say. Um, I've been hiring good people as quickly as I can find good people. So we've added about 10 new people to our team since COVID started and we're in the process of continuing to interview a few more because the need is so great right now. So partly I think people are embracing mental health and mental health services and that it's just as normal as anything else. Like you break your tooth, you go to the dentist. You don't say, well, I'm just gonna gut it out. If I'm strong, I'm just gonna live with a broken tooth or a broken arm. 
why, why would you do that to yourself? You know? So we're, we're trying to just normalize it. It's what people do. You go to a professional when you've got something that needs, you need help with. Why not do that for your, you know, living your life as well. Right. Yeah. makes sense. I mean, everybody needs somebody to, uh, to talk to now and again, and, uh, they don't always have the, uh, you know, the relationships that they have aren't always, you know, ones that they want to be sharing all of that with. So exactly, it's nice to have a third party out there. So cool. Well, you, you've won a number of, uh, you've been, you've won a number of awards and, um, Notice that uh, Cranes uh, gave you a t- 2020 Notable Entrepreneurs uh, recognition. So, uh, and then you've had a, a bunch more Enterprising Woman of the Year award and uh, a number of others. Are any particular that you're uh, most proud of? Well, certainly the Cranes Notable Entrepreneur. The you know Cranes is such a well-respected publication here in Chicago. So to be included in that that field was a huge honor. I've really appreciated that. And then a really fun one, Drew, uh, not that the others weren't fun, don't get me wrong, but um, the Stevie Awards, I had not heard of them, but um, the Stevie Awards recognize people in business. And I I won um, Entrepreneur of the Year for businesses with 11 to 2,500 employees, which is quite (laughs) 11 to 2,500, that's quite a range. That was so much fun. It was a, a, a kind of an award show in New York that was live streamed. And I have what looks like an Oscar. You know, it was really, it was just a lot of fun and a really great opportunity to, to recognize all of the people that have worked with me over the years to help make this happen. Because I'm super clear that this hasn't happened. The, the scope of what we do, the number of people that we can reach hasn't happened just because of me. Um, I steer the ship, but boy, I I can't hold all the oars. And I have people who work for me now who know how to do things way better than I do. So it's a really fabulous team. Yeah. Well, that's great. You're you're definitely pulling uh, a lot of, uh, you're doing a lot of extra work there yourself as well with the, I was checking out your YouTube channel and you have a podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your podcast? I do. That has been fun. I'm, i I have loved being a podcast host. It had never even occurred to me before, but when COVID hit, all of our outreach plans for the year, of course, like so many people went out the window and I was trying to figure out how do we take this virtual? And I thought, well, let's, you know, let's try a podcast. Um, I love the business pieces. So the podcast is your mental health business mentor. And this is a podcast that really speaks to primarily mental health business owners, practice owners, and some of the things that they need to think of because we get not one minute of business training in uh, graduate school or anywhere along the way. Thank goodness I had the 10,000 small businesses program, but there's a lot of things that any business owner needs to know. How do you develop processes? What kind of processes do you need? Um, There's a lot of regulatory issues that we need to be aware of. Um, you know, how to handle insurance, how do we handle insurance claims and, and audits. And so there's just a lot to know. It's that has been really fun. I've had some fun guests. I've had folks on who were um, people I've read their books over the years that I have found very inspiring. So that's been a fun way for me just to continue 
to both give back into the community and to reach out and to, it's a benefit for everyone. I love it when everybody wins. I get to interview people that I really like. Yeah, that's fun. Well, I know that firsthand as well. Right? <laughs> I love your podcast too, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we've been uh, up to 30 now. That's, I uh, know. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure exactly the expectation going in, but uh, but I, I'm pretty proud of what we've been able to put together here over the last as, year. As well, so. you ought to be. Yeah. So cool. Well, what uh, in terms of your your business initiatives at this point, kind of what are your what are you focused on? What's most critical as you look forward? Well, the really making um, telehealth accessible making it good quality. And I can't emphasize that enough, Drew, because there are plenty of therapists in the world right now. Um, and not all of them, like any industry, not all of them are good. So the platform has to be good. This has been really important to me. So putting out really good treatment options for people, that has been huge. We're moving, we've been in the Chicagoland area. You know, I've been practicing here for 30 some years. We've been moving downstate. I've been hiring people in other parts of the state to provide telehealth because I think resources tend to be regional. So if we're going to work with somebody down in, you know, the Springfield area, well, we need somebody who knows what resources they can access down there. So we've been doing that down you know, as we move down state, we're also starting to spread into some other states as well, because the need is great. And we have particular specialties that not everybody has. So that part has been really fun. That's been an innovation that has felt really important. We've also developed an online CEU school because therapists all need continuing education in order to have a clinical license through their state. And we have had licenses for years and have been doing trainings. And now we have bumped this out to do trainings really for people throughout the state, which is new for us. I've been doing a, a this sounds really exciting, Drew, so get ready. Um, I've been doing the sexual harassment prevention training, mm. which, yeah, right. I mean, right. Don't you want to sign up today? It really has been fun. <laughs> uh, we have done this six times and it sells out every time because therapists need to do this training. Any business that has employees or contractors, they have to do this training annually. And we do it for 10 bucks a person. So it's pretty affordable because I really like access uh, over you know, pretty much anything else. So this is something that's been available and we've been adding to that catalog of trainings just for people to be able to get interesting, good content. So those are a couple things we've been doing that have been a lot of fun. Um, we also have a Facebook Live show now where I get to interview some other folks on a variety of topics. We do that once a month, anywhere from you know, moms who are trying to figure out how to manage COVID and teaching and, you know, being able to um, still work. In terms of working across state borders, what does that kind of involve? And it sounds like you're just starting to get, get into it now, but I, I assume that the insurance looks quite a bit different or what are some of the challenges there? Yeah, the big one has always been that each state licenses their own professionals and the rules and regulations vary state to state. So each clinician needs to be licensed in a state where they provide services. Some states require that the therapist be in the same, same state as the client. 
Um, so we've had to really look into some of those variables. The states that we're getting involved in right now are ones that provide telehealth only. So we couldn't go and set up a bricks and mortars uh, operation necessarily, but we can provide telehealth services. And so states have relaxed some of their regulations around this, but we're making sure we follow all of the regulations. We do it by the book. We pay every penny on our taxes. I mean, that feels really important. But yes, there has been a greater need to have people on our team who understand all of the ins and outs of these regulatory issues so that we do things properly. So I've had to hire more people for that too. And you made some reference earlier about uh, resources being different too, in terms of different parts of the state, and I'm sure different states have different things available in terms of support. Absolutely. And, and that's part of the reason that I really want to make sure that we have, wherever we're going to provide services, we're going to find therapists who are in that state to provide those services as well. Because I know certainly up here in the Chicagoland area, when I'm working with a client, Sometimes they might need an AA meeting. They might need to find some social outlet. And I don't know what's happening down in Mokina, Illinois. And I certainly don't know what's happening in Bradenton, Florida. So I need to make sure that we have people in those states, in those areas who can help give out those resources. So that's really our goal is to make sure we have people in those states as well. How did you choose Florida as one to, to branch <laughs> out into? So... I had a, I have a client who spends her winters down in Florida and she was in a bad way. And um, we have historically taken winters off and then she comes back and is okay for a little while and then goes right down the tubes again. And we said this year, let's see if we can make this be different. So I just set about trying to figure out how I could provide her services. So I got the necessary credentials in the state of Florida and we continued to do the work and it's the first time she didn't sink into a depression in the winter. She's in her seventies. So the first time in her adult life, she didn't sink into a depression. So that felt really very rewarding, like just really improved the quality of her life this year. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, it was a good year to not get uh, pulled down into that. <laughs> exactly. I think Florida's a nice place to, uh, to avoid the depression too. Not quite so overcast down there. Exactly. So nice. From uh, from a prof professional organization, kind of community standpoint, I know uh, it seems like you got tons going on with your business, but you find time for uh, to give back as well. Why don't you share with us uh, what you do from that perspective? Well, so I'm always looking for opportunities for how we can help the community, which sounds, you know, I think all businesses, probably many businesses are, are trying to do that, especially now. So we do have, uh, often we'll have interns who can work for us that can offer free services or really low cost services. That's one thing that we do. I've been on the board of the Illinois Psychological Association on and off for a number of years. And that organization really works to to make sure that we can continue to provide really good care in the state of Illinois. That's a, an organization, any psychologist, I think needs to be a part of that organization. Um, making sure, so they're, they're doing things like supporting the legislation for telehealth, supporting legislation for people to be able to get services when they need it at an affordable rate. So that's a place that I like to donate my time as well. And prior to COVID, when we were in person, 
Um, I was a part of a, a wonderful organization in uh, the Park Ridge area called the Maine Community Youth Assistance Foundation. Terry Collins is the executive director there, and they do education for at-risk kids around drug and alcohol use. So I've been on that board for a while. Um, I also have, have given away talks many, many, many times. I'm always happy to come to speak to any organization to try to help them with either how to have mental health resources affordable and accessible in their business or in their community. So those are some of the ways that I'd like to do that work. That's great. That's great. Well, for people who are interested in learning more, I assume your uh, website's a great place to start, the junipercenter.com. Um, I know you're, uh, there's tons of content on your YouTube channel as well. Anything else we should point people to? Those are great places to start. We have a resource page. So there's lots of resources that people need that are, that are just free that they can look on our website and find organizations that provide services for free. Um, we are always happy to point people in the right direction. If we can't help, we're happy to point people in the direction of where they can get help. And some of the YouTube videos that you mentioned earlier, there's a lot of content on there as well about stress management, parenting, um, how to work with a complicated teen. Uh, Deanna Shoss and I from Intercultural Talk have done a lot of mom-to-mom -mom videos about just parenting questions that people have. So there's a great deal of content for dealing with anxiety, depression. So if somebody wants some, some information, they can just scroll to the bottom of our landing page and find our YouTube channel and maybe there'll be something there for them. Wonderful. Well, thank you very much for your time today. It was great having you on. Well, thank you, Drew. It's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah. All right. Well, have a great day and uh, let's stay in touch. Yes, definitely. Thanks and uh, enjoy your beverage. Ah, Caffeine and uh, no cream and all. <laughs> there you go. Cheers. Cheers. Take care. Thanks so much, Drew. Bye-bye. Yeah. Bye-bye.